comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. And this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, what's up? Out Now is a film podcast. <laughs> Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films of the week, similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 77, and we are talking about Argo, the new thriller from director Ben Affleck. And joining us to discuss Argo, we have... Writer for the VHS Diaries, currently waiting at the border for Iran with the Gatorade, Alan Aguilera. You know, I halfway through that, they're going to make a Mexican joke. <laughs> <laughs> and writer for Fast Film Reviews, Iran's former assistant to the Canadian ambassador, Mark Hoban. Hey, everybody. All of that true. Hi. Every every last word. All of that. Hello. Every last word. <laughs> Doing this, we got Affleck's Argo with Aaron, Abe, Alan, and Mark Hoban. So, we... Uh, uh, Let's uh let's get to let's get to oh, got got some announcements here. We got um got some emails. Here's my first one. One, okay, we can finally bring an end to the Thor contest. <laughs> I was very excited when I saw that email and read it as well. Yeah, we got an email. Dion Thompson, for good listener of the show, he has gone back. He has listened to our Thor episode and he has successfully counted the number of times that we say Frost Giants, and because of that, he gets a prize. So Dion, you're gonna get a prize. Cold cases now been solved. Exactly. All right. We we also got a, we got an email from uh, we got a question email. Okay. We got an email from Corbin, and uh, here's here's the here's the question. Corbin Dallas. Corbin Dallas multitask sends us a question, and uh, here we go. In the 2009 animated feature category of for the Oscars, who do you and your guests? I, it's I like that he addressed you and your guests. I like that he brought that in there. Just everyone's involved. It's inclusive. I know, right? Who do you and your guests think should have won it all, Up or Fantastic Mr. Fox? Huge fan of the show. Thanks for what you do. Thanks, Corbin. And that's a good question. Uh, but I'm not going to start it, Abe. Do you want to answer that one first? That's a tough question. Uh, I did like Up, and I did like Fantastic Mr. Fox. I felt though both kind of brought something separate because Fantastic Mr. Fox was probably a little bit more, uh, I don't know, I guess adult? I don't know if that's the right word to use, but uh, you just felt a little bit more grown up. For which one? Uh, for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, you have a film but, of an old man dealing with the death of his wife. and, and Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Their house is floating on like 30,000. What kind of childhood did you have, man? <laughs> but uh, tough question. I, I would say that uh, I would say I, I would still I actually like Fantastic Mr. Fox more than I like Up. Just in terms of rewatchability, um, so I guess I would go toward Fantastic Mr. Fox winning. Alan, up, um, not taking into account all the hard work it goes for stop motion and all that stuff, but um, 
Up's better movie. Um, as much as I like Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I was Up actually elicited emotion from me, so uh, I wasn't like crying or bawling as much. Um, but yeah, those first twenty minutes, and then the kind of the rest of the film was just—it's a good movie. So yeah, that's about it. Mark. Uh, yeah, for very similar reasons that Alan picked up. I would also say the same thing. I I really love Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot, um, but uh, that ten minutes of showing the the life of those two people as they grow from you know married couple into you know when he she passes away and that that ten minutes is like as affecting as probably anything I saw that year. So for that, I would give it to up still. Yeah, see, the choice is easy for me, and it's Fantastic Mr. Fox, and the reason is because of what Mark and Alan have just said. I mean, the first ten minutes are fantastic, and then there's the rest of the movie, which is fine. It's just not as good of a movie as a whole to me as Fantastic Mr. Fox is. And, yeah, it's... And I also, I feel, I get I get emotion out of Fantastic Mr. Fox. So. But I, I like the relationship between the, the old guy and the little boy, and... Oh. and the adventures they had and I, I, I thought that was still affecting all those things I like I think it's a good I think it's a yeah. damn good movie right. I just like Fantastic Mr. Fox more <laughs> and that's not a bad choice either that's a pretty great film yeah. it's a, actually Fantastic Mr. Fox is my official uh, Thanksgiving movie it's the movie I watch for Thanksgiving <laughs> you raise your glass and it just yeah I make a toast and I start cussing yeah. it makes me think that George Clooney should do more more voiceover work he was really good in that he is quite good on that. I, yeah. I agree. All right. Thanks, Corbin. That question. Uh, we got more stuff, actually. We got, um, if I could find it, that'd be helpful. Uh, we have, uh, we've had our contest going, our Paul Thomas Anderson contest and our Avengers contest, and we haven't got many submissions for that, even though it's a wide open contest and we're willing to accept entries from anybody. But, um, we got one. You're talking about from Manish? Yes. There it is. Yeah. Found it. We got one from Manish Mather, and he he, uh, he sent us an answer for our, our uh, Paul Thomas Anderson contest. So I'm just going to read what he wrote here because he, I asked the question, "Who's your favorite character from a Paul Thomas Anderson film, and why?" Which is fairly straightforward, and we got an answer from Manish. It says, "My favorite character from a PTA film is Amber Ways from Boogie Nights, played by Julianne Moore. Not only is she one of my favorite actresses of all time, but..." The way her character is written is truly remarkable. Her life is a struggle. She's in a profession which gives her a lot of money, but it also prevents her from getting the fulfillment she needs, being a mother to her child. So she becomes a mother figure to others, hoping that she could val- help validate her existence and satisfy her maternal instincts. Moore gives an incredible, heartfelt, but not sentimental performance, especially in the child custody hearing scene. The best part of the role is I never got the feeling that Anderson was punishing her or anything misogynist like that. It's really great. It's a really great character and a great performance. That's a that's a good answer. It's very good. That's a it's a, a great reason as to why that's your favorite Paul Thomas Anderson character. A great you know just brief analysis of why Julianne Moore is great in that movie. Oscar nominated, I believe, for that role. And uh, so you know, Betty, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you Boogie Nights. How about that? Boom, boom, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the mail as soon as you give me your address. So there we go. One cut, one half. There's still Magnolia, and there's still the Avengers contest. Same question, kind of. I mean, the Avengers ones. Who's you want to see in the next Avengers movie and why? But still, questions are open. Okay. All right. So emails out Ooh. of the way. Um, Abe, why don't you talk yes. about that, that YouTube page that you started? All right. Well, the YouTube page is essentially um, something new that Aaron and I started. Um, what it is, it's just the main review of the films. Uh, just so if people want to cut through some of the other items that they don't really particularly care to listen to, such as the games or some of the intros. 
Uh, it's basically just the trailer and what we think about the film, and it's around 20 or 30 minutes each. Yeah, it's a you know, good way to get to just the, the meat of the review, if that's all you want to listen to. And that's a, it's our YouTube page. You can look at it. It's Out Now Podcast. That's the YouTube channel or whatever. So, and uh, let's see what else. We've got iTunes reviews and ratings. Always happy to get those. Helps out the show. Everyone wins in that situation. You know, really quick thing. Be awesome. All right. That's uh, announcements. A lot of those. Let's get to know everybody. Where each week we try to feel a, a tone for the podcast by asking each other questions. Better get to know everybody. And, um, Alan, I'm going to let you start this one out. Mark. <laughs> yes. Um, what is your favorite Ben Affleck movie? That he directed. Um, oh, that he wrote. directed? Directed or wrote, not necessarily started, because we all know we're going to pick Paycheck. <laughs> uh, forces of Nature. Oh. Reindeer Games? I would, you know, I'd say... So you have uh, Good Will Hunting, and then Gone Be Gone, and then... And The Town. And Ergo. And Ergo. Um, it's close, but I think I'd have to go with The Town. I really enjoyed that film a lot. I think, I mean, this is going to tip my hand for my review, but I think uh, Ben Affleck is three for three. I'm really impressed with his ability to direct. I mean, you know, he's a good actor, but how many actors can also direct? And he's obviously proved that he can do both. If you ask them, all of them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Um, Abe. Hey. At the center of Argo, there's sort of a Star Wars-style ripoff that they're trying to create. Who should star in this Star Wars-style ripoff? That's my damn question. (laughs) 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 Great minds think alike. Uh, I would say friend of the show, Kyle Chandler, but I think... Wait, wait, I wouldn't... But I want to set it in 1979. 1979. That Mm -hmm. adds an element of, like, heart, you know, difficulty, but think like late 70s or early late 80s. 70s i would go with uh that is a great house <laughs> say like mark hamill after he's like all bankrupt <laughs> that's, that's the easy answer <laughs> yeah he's like super bankrupt and he's just like i need some work man you just, you just get all the act- he doesn't need work he's been pretty good you get all you get all the actors that didn't make it to star wars you get christopher walken and tom Selleck and uh nick nolte, nick nolte. <laughs> burt reynolds, burt reynolds. I think you corrupted the screen. That movie sounds amazing. (laughs) All these mustaches. (laughs) I think that's a great ensemble right there. I'd like to throw in Jill Clayburgh in there too. Oh yeah, you know, female. Yeah, so Jill Clayburgh. (laughs) (laughs) She was very popular back then. Yeah. Back then, still is now. That's what makes her so great. Breaking away, man. All right, all right, Aaron. If they weren't filming a sci-fi movie, what other kind of movie do you think that they would go with? So if they're if they're still scouting to locations get, and, to get them out of the uh, the region, so they're still itself. scouting exotic locations in Iran, but they're not filming a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, then a, a courtroom drama. <laughs> so you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> separation, <laughs> pre-separation separation? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, there you go. I was thinking about an Iranian hostage movie. No, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> so it would have to be a, an Iranian movie, like 
the the greatness of Iran or something. Uh, no, I got, the I got, I got a, a, a biopic on John F. Kennedy. That's what. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's what they'd be. Yeah, they'd be real receptive to that. If <laughs> it's perfect. Dune. <laughs> Alan. Uh, yes. What's your favorite man on a mission movie? Um. Movies about you know a group of people that have to come together to do some sort of objective. Probably Booty Call with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> um, my favorite man on the man. I like Ocean's Eleven a lot. I think that's yeah, because they're all on a mission. It's not as it's a, yeah, that counts as freeing hostages, but you know, got to get that money, got to stack that paper, got to get that cheddar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like a group of like people, or just. Yeah, you answered it. Like two people. <laughs> you answered the question. No. <laughs> I didn't know if that was adequate enough for I, you. I said, I said it was. Okay, good. Okay. So, Abe. Yes. Do you prefer full beard, Hannibal mustache, um, mustache, chin, unibrow, or a chin beard? Wait, chin unibrow? No, chin beard or unibrow. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> or a monkey tail. You hear a comment in there. <laughs> All right, uh, that's a good question. On me personally, or on no, just Bennett general, aesthetically? Because honestly, if it's on you, you <laughs> never see no, it. I can't grow any facial hair. I'm Asian. <laughs> no, I've seen Fu Manchu. You can grow facial there you hair. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's show the short here. Have you seen the one '80s uh, Asian henchman who has like the long hair? He's balding, but he has like a full-on like goatee. I haven't seen you, that. You mean most movies of Asian villains? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd go with full beard. Probably just uh, so that, you know, you look like the, the brawny, yeah, you look like the brawny paper towel guy. All right. Yeah, full beard. Hmm, good question, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron. You. If Matt Damon had directed this movie, would it have been better or worse? No way of knowing. No way of knowing. <laughs> I mean, I'd say no because you know he hasn't directed anything versus Affleck, who's you know had time to direct movies and has you know been successful so far. Good question. Good answer. <laughs> good question, huh? <laughs> His answer was basically, "I refuse to answer." Uh, okay, uh, Mark. What is your favorite Alan Arkin movie? <laughs> um, I have one off the top of my head, but I have to think. Let me look at his filmography. I would say, well, you know, I really, it should it be like a movie that really features him, or can it just be one that he was in? Um, I go by role, so that was kind of thinking by question. You know, I, I really liked him in Little Miss Sunshine. So I, I I picked that. There you go. Oscar win. I I also put a little uh, footnote. I I really love the movie Edward Scissorhands. There you go. And yeah. he was in that as well. But I'll, I'll go with Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, you know what? I just there's one oh, other movie. Too late. Did. Moving on. Next. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Wait Until Dark. I had forgotten he was in that. It was a really early film with uh, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. He plays a he plays a bad guy in it, and and it's a really tense, exciting movie yes. because she's blind and people oh. are out to get her. Um, but anyway, uh, 
<laughs> okay, so um, let's see. Who hasn't answered? Alan, are you? I have one more. Okay. Or, yeah, or a uh, question. Alan, was yes. the 1970s the worst hair decade ever? And if not, what is? No, the 80s. Because the bags. <laughs> the mullet? <laughs> and the mullet, yes. Yeah. yeah, the 80s are pretty bad. Billy Ray Cyrus. Iggy Reggie Hart. Wait, that was early 90s. Early 90s was pretty bad, too. Most of the 80s. Like, there's perms everywhere. The decades bleed into each other. I'm I'm convinced we're going to look back on this era and look at these Justin Bieber-style hairstyles and think those are ridiculous as well. Well, Well, is it as ridiculous as Soul Glow? I don't know. Soul Glow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I have one more question. Uh... I'm going to be a jerk. Hey, Aaron, what's your favorite John Goodman role? <laughs> Boom. Well, I mean, Walter Sobchak from Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, that's, it's that's, not Sully. No. That said, the first thing that like popped into mind was arachnophobia. <laughs> that's really? good one. It just came to mind right away. Like, I love John Goodman and, you know, everything pretty much. But, like, the two He looks <laughs> ridiculous in flight, though. <laughs> He looks. He looks really don't like his you, shirt looks like a poncho. Like, don't wrong? you feel like John Goodman is like if you want to make your production just a little bit better, you put him in it. He's like he just makes everything, you know. And he finds himself like he was in The Artist and he was in this. He he, he finds himself in really good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's will he's willing to do, to take the small part. You know, it's it's not about that. It's just about doing really good work. I think. Yeah, I agree. And he, yeah, he brings it all the time. He's so you always you're like, yeah, John Goodman's here. <laughs> things things might be all right. <laughs> right. Well, maybe the movie is. I have no fear. John Goodman is here. That's what they say. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's what they said on the set of Roseanne. I also I wish the Flintstones was a better movie, but he did make good. <laughs> he, did, he did make a good Fred Flintstone. He was yeah. He was the best cast role in that movie. Also, uh, Barton Fink. He's pretty fantastic in that movie. It's been testing everything. I know, but sea I just... Of, I want sea of Love. People, people just don't say... I, I don't hear enough about Barton Fink these days, because it's like one of the... It's a Coen Brothers movie that doesn't get enough attention. He's really good in Fallen, too. I, I, I love Fallen. I know a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson, loves Fallen, too. It's like one of his favorite thrillers, mm-hmm. like, ever. But, uh... <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, that's how you play uh, Know Everybody. So let's uh, let's get to... Uh, out Now Quickies, um, TM. <laughs> Every week, uh, a lot of movies come out, and we only review, you know, one of them generally, but, you know, some of us see a lot more movies than just that. So, with that said, uh, let me start. I could talk about Sinister, but we're going to talk about Sinister next week, so I'm just going to say good timing for that movie to come out. But I am going to mention Seven Psychopaths, because that movie I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Five out of five. It, it's just every, everything about that movie I love. I saw it again yesterday. It's just incredibly good. Those are my I know quickies. Abe? Uh, I haven't been watching any movies. I've been watching a lot of TV, as uh, many of you have known. So, watch The League. Yeah. <laughs> Abe's catching up with all these great shows. <laughs> oh, great. Alan? I saw Seven Psychopaths as well. Um, I had really high expectations for that movie, and it did not meet them. But it's still a really good movie, and people should go see it. There you go. Mark? I saw a little while back The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I thought it was a really emotionally affecting take on adolescence. Was, I, lo- I loved it, actually. Cool. Uh, no cookies. DM. DM? 
I like emphasizing the fact Ding. that you end up with these very quickly. It just makes sense to me. Let's uh, get to movie trailer talk, where we discuss a couple of the newest movie trailers of the week and uh, you know what we thought of them. First trailer up, we have Hitchcock, and this is a movie about Alfred Hitchcock, and during his time of making the film Psycho, it stars Anthony Hopkins as Alfred Hitchcock and Helen Mirren as his wife, as well as a host of other people, including Scarlett Johansson as uh, Janet Leigh, uh, who, of course, played the one of the stars of Psycho. So, all that said, Alan, what did you think of the trailer for Hitchcock? Looks cool. I like period pieces about Hollywood, so, yep. I was just halfway through, I'm like, I'm sold, I don't need to keep watching this, but Aaron's going to make me watch it. So, <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm a, I'm a taskmaster when it, when it comes to making Well, honestly, <laughs> like, when you first told me, because you sent, to let the listeners know, he sent me a text about all the trailers we were going to watch this week, and I just kind of peeked at it, I was like, why the f*** does he want me to watch Hancock again? <laughs> we're going to, like, trailer throwback? <laughs> I was like, what is this? And then I was like, oh, okay. No, it looks cool. Um, Anthony Hopkins looks like he's doing a really good job. Hopefully he doesn't overact too much in it, but um, Helen Mirren's in it. I'm down. Mark? Well, Hitchcock is one of, is probably is my favorite director, so just for that reason, I'm interested in the film. And I like the fact that it looks like they've chosen to kind of focus on the making of Psycho, so it gives the, you know, the uh, production some direction, and I think that's wise. Um, the makeup bothers me a little bit. I'm looking at Anthony Hopkins, and it looks like he's got prosthetics on his face. Even if I didn't know it was Anthony Hopkins, I would think there's something strange about this actor. He doesn't look so. That's a little distracting, but um, you know, I'm I'm definitely interested in it. And Anthony Hopkins, Helen Mirren, I mean, Scarlett Johansson. It sounds like a great cast, so I'm I'm definitely interested. I mean, I kind of disagree. I, re- I his his Hitchcock look looks fantastic to me. Like I wasn't distracted by it. I was like, oh, he's, he's Hitchcock. It just there's something about his mouth or something. It just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. It's not look- really the prosthetics. It's just Hitchcock looks like a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down for this movie. I agree with Mark actually. On a shorthand, I would put Hitchcock in just my list of like, hey, these are my favorite directors, and um, it helps that Psycho is also my favorite horror movie. So two for two on that front. I uh, and you know, I'm just great cast. The movie looks like a lot of fun. Doesn't I mean like. Yeah, all these all these things. It's from the director of Anvil, the story of Anvil, which also got me excited because I like oh. the documentary. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, snap for real. Uh, this movie looks very interesting. I think that right off the trailer, Helen Mirren, man, Best Supporting Actress nomination. That's all I'm going to say. I was, I was really blown away by her performance in this trailer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We should also mention there's another Hitchcock uh, biography coming out. I think it's on HBO uh, called The Girl with um, Toby Jones. Which Toby Jones, kind of thank funny you. Just because Toby Jones also like did that like, Capote, they, Capote. Yes. Yeah, the other Capote movie that came out. It's like Toby Jones has like the worst luck apparently. It's, just, but I think the, it's like I, the worst timing. The Toby Jones uh, movie is called The Girl, and I think that comes out. First, yeah. I mean, it comes Whereas the last time he was the second one to the party, and yeah. That, and, you know, I mean, it's, and it's like it's not a theatrical release either, and it's not. It's not. It's not coming no. in the wake of like Philip Seymour Hoffman winning an Oscar, followed by oh, by the way, here's the exact same movie coming out. Right. <laughs> and it is about a different. It's, I think it's, it's about the making of. Yeah. You're right about the birds instead of psychos, so that's a different take on it. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Hitchcock. Yeah, looking forward to it. Comes out November twenty third. 
Um, and probably probably limited and probably expands from there. Let's move on to our next. Uh, yeah, let's move on to it. <laughs> expands. I got what I did. Uh, um, let's move on to our next trailer. We have is forty two, and this is a film about Jackie Robinson. And um, yeah, it uh, sorry it stars Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's just a fun thing to say first, but uh, Harrison Ford is what the manager of the. Uh, as the white person with the good as, eyes. As the white person with the good eyes. It stars, <laughs> stars Harrison Ford and Sandra Bullock. And uh, so, <laughs> so, that said, uh, uh, Abe, what do you think of the trailer? Uh, it seems uh, overly ambitious. I don't know. I, I didn't really didn't get a great vibe from it. Yeah. Okay, one sentence. Alan, uh, what do you think? I think people will be divided by it, or in this movie's case, segregated yeah. by it. Um, I don't know. It just looks like one of those hokey... Like, remember the Titans kind of vibe where if you're white and you watch it, at the end of it, you're like, it's going to change your life. Yeah, if you're a racist. (laughs) Um, It always irritates, like, these kind of movies always irritate me because it's just, it's like, oh, look at the cool stuff that, like, look at all the bad stuff that African Americans had to go through and how much better they are now. It just seems, these kind of movies always irritate me. Mark? I don't even black and I get mad. Um... It's funny because I'm looking at this like thinking, isn't hasn't there been a movie about him yet? And I guess there hasn't. So it's uh, sixty one it, asterisk. It, <laughs> it it seems like something that you know has been out before. But I mean, I don't, you know, the intentions are good, I'm sure. And you know, I haven't heard of this guy, Chadwick Boseman. He's the he's not even on my radar as as the actor that's playing Jackie Robinson. So um, I I don't know anything about him, but. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It looks like your standard, you know, like what you guys just said. And the idea of having an unknown actor as Jack Robinson is fine with me just because, you know. Probably better, yeah. than, you know, having, like, Denzel Washington's playing. I mean, well, he, he'd be too old. old but, I mean, but yeah. you know, you're having, yeah. like, a huge recognizable star in, like, some kind of inevitable role that he would probably. Jay Farrow. It's a good casting choice. <laughs> I, know, but it's I would have preferred Keenan, but that's fine. Keenan. <laughs> um, I mean, I enjoyed the trailer. I mean, I don't. I mean, what, how else? I mean, Alan, how else are you supposed to make a movie about Jackie Robinson? You're just supposed to like say, "Hey, you don't I, have to I'm make sorry. a movie about Jackie Robinson." But, okay, so we're the the age of Hollywood. We have <laughs> biopics constantly coming out. You're just not going to make a movie about Jackie Robinson. Like, you make a documentary oh, from oh. Ken Burns. Wait, like, oh. but, I mean, you're you're accusing the movie of being of of addressing ra- ra- racial issues that happened to Jackie Robinson. Like, no, like uh, honestly, it doesn't. Though, like. It doesn't look very good. Like, it looks like a movie that has, you know, like Mark said, the best intentions, but it just doesn't look great. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I'll watch it. I probably will watch it. I love baseball movies. I won't watch baseball, but I love baseball movies. Um, <laughs> so Do think, <laughs> Does the character that Harrison Ford played, does that irritate you a little bit? Yeah, I think, I think it's just because Harrison Ford's like... I kind of, I kind of understand what you mean. It's a little... It's a little ball, legend, of, legend of Bagger Vance or something. I like the idea that he seems like he's trying to do something for a change, though. Like, he doesn't seem like he's bumbly, grumpy Harrison Ford. It seems like he, you know... Well, no, he's so mumbly. He's like, Jackie, you're black. Bumbly, yeah. Come on, he's doing, like, some kind of voice, though. He's like, he, he, yeah, he's yeah. putting more effort into it than I've seen Harrison Ford put effort into a lot of things in a while. I mean, it was, <laughs> regardless of how irritating <laughs> he might be, it seems like, hey, Harrison Ford actually... You know, uh, when was the last time he put effort... 
Uh, firewall is the answer to that question, Alan. Firewall. Get firewall. my family back. <laughs> give it back my family. <laughs> As opposed to give it back my son. <laughs> That'd be exactly. pretty fun to see it if Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson got their phones crossed and started talking to each other. And, and just like, or no, I guess Liam, Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford would have like a polite conversation where they'd be yelling at each other in mumbly voice about giving back their family, and then Mel Gibson break in and be like, oh, by the way, I'm a racist. It's like, what? 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 Is that you, Liam? No, no. Very similar to the SNL skit the other day. There's so there's SNL soon? Yeah, I'll see about later. Forty two is directed, written and directed by Brian Helgeland, by the way, and I like him. What did he do? Hey, he wrote L.A. Confidential. He, he wrote Pay. Oh, he, yeah, I'll he, watch this he did a, a Night's Tale, or he wrote a Night's Tale. Oh, he did a he did Payback, Mel Gibson movie, the last good Mel Gibson movie, I would say. Uh, a lot of things. Uh, uh, Man on Fire. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four. He wrote that. Thank you. But yeah. Um, all right. Uh, 42 comes out uh, next year, actually, April 12th, 2013. I have plenty of time to change my mind about it. There you go. Yeah, you can see a whole trailer and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next movie we're talking about is, because uh, we have three this week, because uh, our, our listener of the show, Joe Jan, suggested this trailer for us. And it's a movie that came out a while ago, but now it's being re-released in the theaters, I guess, through Draft House, uh, Draft House, Draft House Films, who also brought us the FP, Abe. Um it's uh, called Miami Connection, and this is this is a movie about a martial arts rock band that goes up against the band <laughs> of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on Florida's narcotics trade. Now, this trailer, I, I so I got this this post on on my wall about you should check this out and talk about it on the show, and I immediately said yes after watching this trailer because this movie looks amazing. I like I it's like playing I guess it's like gonna have like a kind of a like a I don't know, like a week long screening event or something with in you know, the, like various indie theaters like around the country and I am completely down to see Miami Connection. This movie looks absolutely bonkers and just like complete eighties over the top nonsense of like I remember like remember eighties eighties is just like everything about martial arts was like really cool in the eighties like yes. regardless um, of how good Jim Cotton still is. <laughs> yeah dude. this would be perfect to have Adam on right now to talk about this. I know. But uh but we have Abe. So Abe what do you think of Miami Connection? This looks awesome. I'm not gonna lie. I, when when I saw the draft after films, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, that's the same guys that uh, also let out uh, the FP." Yeah. And then uh, I was thinking, "Wow, this looks really over the top '80s. I don't know why they're going so retro." And I looked up the IMDb page, and it was actually made in like 1987. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I had, I had, I had a particular reaction. I started watching the trailer, and I was like, "Wow, their recreation of the era is so <laughs> I, good." I, I had to say because I, I did not know that. Yeah, this I was like, this is really spot on. The the, the film <laughs> like, like, oh, like, 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 like Black Dynamite has that kind of feel. It's almost like the Blair Witch of the film Greek community. Like, did they make this yesterday? <laughs> But it came out in it came out in 1987, right? Yeah, it did in fact come out back. It totally it does not look like 87 though. I mean, it looks a lot more like 84 or something or 83. It seems much earlier yeah, maybe, than that. Maybe they filmed it then, and then obviously there was so much controversy surrounding right, right. the idea of Miami Connection that they had to wait until 1987 to release. Because you, you know what the I don't know about you guys, but the obvious reference point when I see this trailer, it did you guys ever see The Last Dragon? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's an obvious like similar film, I think. Music. Martial arts, you know. 
Let me just say the, the plot description again. A martial arts band goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on the Florida narcotics trade. That, yes, they're... You know what? I think the production company for this is doing something very commendable because I didn't know that this story existed. And the fact that they're making a documentary about it I, and putting it out for the masses to kind of... I, I think it's really important, especially with the cartel coming in. I think I think it's a good lesson for us to learn. Um. Yeah, so Miami Connection looks absolutely bonkers. I, I cannot wait to check out this movie. I'm happy that, like, somebody at in, like, where, wherever Draft House Films or... Whoever, somebody in the world. Whoever just saw this movie and were like, you know what? I'm starting, like, some kind of campaign to get, a, like, a giant remastered re-release into theaters. <laughs> like, if we can get Star Wars back into theaters, obviously we need to get Miami Connection back into theaters. That's what somebody's <laughs> saying. I guess it's not 3D, but that I'll live. What? I know Mark will live uh, without it. We can do a post-conversion, right? <laughs> we'll just put on the glasses anyway. Okay, so. So wait, this is the Miami Connection that's based off of the Tony Award-winning play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has all the same songs. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. It also stars Tom Cruise as the lead singer. But anyway, Miami Connection, I'll put up a link in the show notes to like where the screenings are. But yeah, it's going to be playing in November, I believe. Like I think November 9th in L.A., but um, yeah, I'll, I'll put up something to so everyone can find their way to hopefully watch that Friday, the trailer yeah. and understand. Yeah, that Friday. Uh, good thing Skyfall opens in IMAX a day early because I'd have to see Miami Connection instead and feel bad. It's gonna be hard. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be that's a that's neck and neck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look at the box office that weekend. We'll be insane. <laughs> All right, so that's that's movie trailer talk. Let's get to our main film review for Argo. What happened? The six of the hostages went out a back exit. Where are they? The Canadian ambassador's house. Got revolutionary guards going door to door. These people die. They die badly. White House? Who wants the six of them out? What we like for this are bicycles. Deliver the six bikes, provide them with maps. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's gonna take a miracle to get them out. Hi, man. What are we watching? I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. I need you to help me make a fake movie. So you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot without actually doing anything? Yeah. You'll fit right in. You need a script? Argo. Science fantasy adventure. Lonescape. Mars. Desert. You need an exotic location to shoot. You need a producer. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Argo, the new Ben Affleck-directed film starring Ben Affleck as a CIA specialist, along with Brian Cranston. And um, they are trying to work out a collaboration to rescue uh, six Americans who are currently in, or this is in this, you know, 19, what, 80, 1980? 1980. Yeah. Basically, the Iranian revolution has happened. Six, uh, a lot of American hostages have been taken from the embassy, but some managed to escape and are currently hiding with the Canadian ambassador. Uh, meanwhile, back at, in the U.S., as I said, Affleck and Brian Cranston are CIA specialists trying to, among others, trying to come up with a plan to get the Americans out of Iran safely. And our uh, Affleck comes up with a plan to uh, make a fake movie, and and he'll have the Americans in Iran posing as a fake uh, Canadian film, uh, as a Canadian film crew who are scouting locations, and hopefully they'll be able to make fake IDs for them and get them across the border. Um, 
the movie that they're fake making is called Argo, and they bring in Alan Arkin as a producer and John Goodman as a makeup effect specialist uh, to help fake produce the movie. Um, so, lots of uh, high stakes, hijinks ensue. Alan Aguilera, what did you think of Argo? It was a great movie. Um, I've been really excited for all of Ben Affleck's movies because his first film, uh, Gamma Began, was a Dennis Lehane novel, and I really liked the book. And I wanted to, and I watched the film, and I thought it was a good representation of that. And I thought it was a good calling card for him to be like, you know what? I'm more than just Matt Damon wasn't the brains behind Goodwill Hunting. And then the town came out, and I thought that was a really, really, really good crime bank robber movie. So it was really, really well executed. Uh, the ending was kind of, oh, okay, that's kind of cliche, but that's fine. It was hard. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I was really excited for Argo because I remember reading about this story a while ago, I think on Cracked, and um, I was like, oh, that's a really cool story. That'd be a cool movie. And then I heard he was doing it, and I, I was a little jealous. I was like, I could have done that. But um, it actually met my expectations, and I thought it was really well done. It was really ex- well executed. I knew the ending of it, yet I was still enthralled in the entire thing. So it was really well done, well acted, well written. Um, he really had a lot of attention to detail in the period, which I thought was really cool. I haven't seen something like that since Zodiac, where they really wanted to make sure everything was um, circa 1980. So I, th- I honestly, I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Mark? I really enjoyed Argo. Um, you know, when you hear about a period piece about a diplomatic crisis your eyes might be liable to glaze over and i thought um even though flare up it's crazy what's that mine get really excited i'm like what get excited oh okay (laughs) well but even though it's based on a true story of a political nature it never feels like a history lesson it's it's really you know intense um he builds suspense really well there's like a constant feeling of anxiety that things could go wrong at any moment and there's like a part, you know, when the six evacuees got to leave the protective safety of their of the home that they're staying at. And there's just like one moment after another of just like unbearable pressure. And you really kind of like experience that with them. And it's 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 you know, you feel it. So I, I thought he did a, a brilliant job at telling the story. And one thing that I didn't expect in a film about hostages is that there's actually a surprising amount of humor that's kind of woven into the script, but particularly in the first half when he's trying to create this deception. And the uh, characters, the film guys, Alan Arkin and John Goodman, that they portray um, are very funny. And it's sort of something that happens before they get there, but the building of this fake movie that they need to make seem real was actually really humorous it's not it was actually almost even a comment on hollywood and stuff and i kind of like that sort of unexpected um humor that i you know i that they added to it once they get there it definitely has the reverent feel that this is a serious film but i didn't expect the humor so i thought it was a really good blending of historical fact and 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 then this other uh humorous aspect aspect so yeah i really enjoyed it Uh, this is a very, very good movie. It's definitely what I was thinking is uh, it's a big boy movie, meaning that it doesn't really uh, rely on action or you know ridiculous uh, money shots. It's just more good direction, good acting, um, solid cast. It's really good. I really liked it. It's one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, 
I think that it was pretty good in terms of just giving people uh, an overall history lesson as well. I, I know that Mark uh, probably doesn't maybe fully agree with that, but it's just more of uh, you can tell people about a situation that really happened um, and not make it crazy embellished, uh, especially at the end there where they're showing those shots, uh, shot for shot remakes, and then also the message from President Carter. Um, and it was just, it's pretty amazing. I, I kind of really didn't know about this. Uh, it's its t difficult to understand that uh, these have to be classified for 50 years, and then when it's released, it's its just, it's a, it's a profound impact. I mean, you know, the Canadian government took credit for some of the efforts uh, in this mission, and then, you know, the CIA agent involved was never fully recognized until years later, like decades later. So it's an amazing story. Yeah, um... Right there with everybody. <laughs> the movie was pretty fantastic. I was really into it. And I remember I also kind of, I knew this story and I heard about it like a few years ago, but I, I, I kind of forgot a lot of the details. And then, so I specifically didn't look up anything about it. So I was literally like just right there, like what's going to happen at the end of this movie? And I was really happy with how everything was handled and how great the tension is in the movie. I think that, what what Affleck does is kind of amazing. Like he makes this really, really solid, just like a thriller where you you're just on the edge of your seat watching this movie, and when it gets to like its final minutes. But before that, just all the setup that goes into it is really well handled. I yeah, I also appreciated the kind of the eye for detail and like getting this setting down. I liked all these actors. This great assortment of character actors in this movie. Everybody kept popping popping up, including friend of the show Kyle Chandler. Like. Yeah. I was like, wow, everyone, I, I tweeted this, everyone that's not in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln is apparently in Ben Affleck's Argo. Like, that's, like, everybody's in this movie, it's, it's, as far as character actors goes. And everyone's quite good, which is also something I was very happy with. Like, everyone's very good without being, like, without kind of calling attention to themselves, with, except, with the exception of Alan Arkin, who, you know, he's playing an Alan Arkin character, and he's kind of required to be that way. Everyone else is very understated in the movie, including Affleck as the lead. Like, no one's going over the top of any kind of performance. They're just, they feel, they all feel like people that are trying to get a job done. And that's why I really like this movie. It, it, um, it doesn't rely on like Abe's, Abe's there's no, it doesn't rely on any, you know, over the top action scenes or money shots. It's just about kind of accomplishing a mission at hand. And it's very effective in doing that. It's very well written. It's, there's a lot of levity in the film also that makes it, you know, that keeps kind of, you're already enthralled in it, but it keeps it from being, you know, a somber experience because it's just a really enjoyable film to watch. And so, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's quick paced. It is, yeah, for, for like a two for like a film that's two yeah, hours. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, well, we're getting, we're getting to the home stretch here. I didn't even realize how fast we we're moving. Yeah. And the the scenes of tension were uh, were really tense, and I don't know if they're all accurate, but I mean. When some of the yeah. books were being rounded up in the basement, I was I was really uh, worried about what was going to happen. So you know, good on Ben for being able to to convey these emotions to us. Um, so yeah, I did I did read that the final act. I won't go into it de in detail, but the final act does sort of rewrite the truth a little bit in order okay. to make the the suspense more heart pounding. Um, and as I was watching it, I have to admit, I sort of like. I didn't know how it... I mean, I knew the general ending, but I didn't know the details. And I kind of did sort of go, come on, did it? was it really like that? That's almost like a movie. And then when I read about it at the after I'd seen it, 
I, I did read that he did sort of stretch the truth. I, I don't fault him for that because it is a movie, and he doesn't he doesn't stretch the truth in any major way that actually changes like major events. But he does he makes it a little bit more cinematic. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I appreciated it while I was watching it. But I did kind of question like, come on, really? And anyway, I was with it. I didn't. I didn't. I, it, it's, it's just a movie to me. Like, I, like it's it, it's beyond like how accurate it need to be. I was just I was I was with it just because of how effective I thought the tension was. Like, regard regardless of like which how truthful it feels. To, like, it just goes beyond that. It didn't. I mean, it, I still enjoyed it, and I I was there the whole way. But it, it, the ending did seem a little bit like it was out of a Hollywood movie. And then yeah. when I read that he did stretch the truth, it kind of said, okay, that makes sense. I'm with you too, Mark. Yeah, the ending, everything was great. The ending was uh, just one of those things where it wasn't um, as, uh, I guess, original. Uh, it just seemed like it was uh, something that, you know, I've seen time and time again. Um, but the other thing I want to bring up is... Um, Good on uh, the folks for being able to um, establish this sense of uh, historical, I mean, the CIA agent for being able to really take this initiative and, you know, carry out this plan, even though there were a lot of obstacles in the way. If that is, if that is wholly accurate, the way that it's been depicted, I mean, that is, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, oh, I think that, I think that part is true. I think another thing that this movie kind of brought to mind was that, um, although the Canadians, uh, the Canadian ambassador was definitely should be commended for what he did. It's interesting that there was this whole other side to the rescue effort that people didn't know for years and years. And then it makes you question how many events in history you know, do, we, do we believe to be the truth and realize. And I'm sure there are other things that have happened that haven't been declassified, you know, that we believe to be a certain way. That's one of the things that I thought about, too, which is, um, you know, you might not think. Like, such and such president was the greatest president, or he didn't do anything in office. But, I mean, the level of secrecy that is involved with with presidents, uh, you know, terms in office is so high that you will never know everything that they would have to have right. been through. And it's just amazing. I mean, people think, oh, President Carter, you know, he didn't really do too much. But it, to be able to keep this a secret for so long, I mean, this is just one of probably tons of secrets that the, uh, the U.S. executed back in the, the day, it's, just, it's amazing. So good on everybody for being in the clandestine service for, for helping us out. And it, 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 uh, Jimmy Carter has a nice smile, too. Let's not, he know, does, let's not, yeah. let's not overlook this. He's got, a nice, he's got a nice charm about him, his voice as well. And John Goodman plays an actual makeup artist that actually existed. His name was John Chambers, and he worked on the Planet of the Apes. I mean, that guy had to keep it a secret. You know, you might yeah. say, okay, well, the president, that's, he has to do that. But this guy was just a makeup, art, a makeup artist. I mean, a very... Uh, uh, an Oscar-winning makeup artist. Yeah, Oscar, exactly. Oscar-winning one. But, I mean, he was being asked to keep this a secret, and, he, and obviously he did as well, so... Right. You know, with all the secrets that the American government does, I wouldn't be surprised if Barack Obama wasn't black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the style of the movie a little bit. The, um... Alan, you mentioned uh, Zodiac is like maybe like the last movie you saw that had like a, the same kind of level of detail to it. Yeah, um, I would not be surprised because like, I after watching like Zodiac and watching like the behind the scenes kind of stuff and seeing how much like how much 
post-production work was done to like make it look that way. I would not be surprised to see how much was done to make Argo look as the certain way that it does. But with that said, it looks great. Like the yeah. the movie, like it it feels just like it's right out of that time zone and like it. Oh yeah. It, like and just even like the kind of the cinematography, how he's handling it, feel like it has a kind of graininess to it that just makes it. Just puts you know puts what I right love that place. Yeah. No, from from what I understand, he shot in the same kind of film that he would have used back in the day, mm-hmm. and then um, he blew up, he blew it up to kind of give it that grainy feel. This movie honestly had me at the beginning with the Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah, that was an awesome logo. That yeah. was like the coolest thing. I was so into it. But you know, um, another thing that I loved is like when he went to visit his child, and his room was all filled with Star Wars like toys and. And I was like, yes, that's like totally like that is what a child's bedroom would look like in 1979. Except he had a toy of Boba Fett who would not have existed as a toy just then. But, uh, wait, which one? A toy of Boba Fett who would not have existed as oh. a toy. I did not know I mean, that. I didn't even notice that. Special, I complete because it's, it's a big shot of Boba Fett. Like that toy would not exist at that point. Oh, wait, okay. Aaron. <laughs> yep. But Boba Fett was in the Christmas special, and I think he came out as an early pre-release not, toy. Not as the, the the colors that they had him the same color. <laughs> the colors. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Only okay. you would know oh, that. Man, that's a that's a that's a keen eye you have. <laughs> that is either the nerdiest thing you've ever said or the sexiest thing you've ever said. Alan, I have Boba Fett shoes. You do. <laughs> no, you have Boba Fett Batman shoes. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Also, I don't think I don't think Gatorade was introduced until later in the eighties. No, no, wait. Gatorade goes back far. But I don't think the actual like. Brand like the I don't whatever Gatorade predates water. <laughs> <laughs> they drank it over in Jerusalem back in the day. Regardless, the detail of this movie is pretty spectacular. Like it, it's just it looks like it's a great looking movie. The it, it 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 fits right in with like other kind of like seventies early eighties kind of thriller movies. It, it feels like something like Robert Redford would make back in the day. Like the com- <laughs> it feels like a com- like the conversation. The Coppola? Forget it. I, yeah, I, I know. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just okay. What do you think of the uh, the score? Uh, Alexander Desplat? Despla- yeah, Desplat. I don't know. But, uh... No, I thought it, was, it was quite good. It serviceable. It, it fit. Uh, yeah, it, it was serviceable, but nothing that I would rush out and be like, oh, wow, I should get that score. What do you guys think about its chances for being nominated and then winning Best Picture? I, At this uh, rate? Fantastic. Yeah, I, I it, um, you know, like a lot of technical awards. I can imagine seeing. I can see maybe for writing, uh, but it depends on how I guess popular it stays throughout the season. See, if it's going to get into like a best picture kind of category. See, I, I think it deserves to be nominated for best picture. It's definitely one of the best. But the town, I also felt, was one of the best of that year, and that didn't. So you know. Maybe this time. I mean, I, I thought the town was was fun. It's an entertaining movie. It's a crowd pleaser, but I, I wouldn't think it's like a best picture uh, contender. Like it was my favorite of the year, but because I know there there was a lot there was a lot of discussion about that when the town came out. Well, you know why it didn't win, right? There wasn't a dude stuttering bad words in it, <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, royalty. What was Jeremy Renner yeah, doing in that movie? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, with, uh, with Argo, I think it has a better chance because of the the uh, content. Yeah, and I agree. because of the execution right. more so than the town. The town is just a rob, like bank robber, Boston movie. <laughs> so it wouldn't really essentially be the same. I thing. mean, I agree. I think I mean Affleck's three for three with me as well. But I, I mean, I like Gone Baby Gone and Argo more than the town. Mm, the town's mm. my favorite. I think. I can't pick a favorite. 
hard. They're all up there. It's like they're like your kids. kids. They're exactly. Kids. Because there's sequences that stand out in every in every film. Well, like the Gone Baby Gone sequence where he's in the house and he finds the thing in the bathtub. I yeah. That, that's really, really striking and haunting. And then the town has the uh, chase scene through the streets. And then Argo has the movie. So... <laughs> As far as Argo goes, who do you, did anyone have any actor in particular that they really liked in this movie? Anyone that stood out? Because there's a big cast here. There is a big cast. I, I was, uh, like oh, you said, Alan Arkin kind of, you know, he has one of the most showy roles. And John Goodman, I mean, the two of them, I think, are the closest to giving, like, an actual performance. I thought everybody was good, but those were the ones that kind of stuck out as, like, you know, noticeable. How about the horses of Achilles? No good. Nobody does westerns anymore. It's ancient Troy. If it's got horses in it, it's a western. Yeah, Kenny, please? Yeah, it's John Chambers about the office space. It doesn't matter. It's a fake movie. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. Hey, is A006 still on the open list? Yeah, I'll hold. Fade in on a starship landing. An exotic Middle Eastern vibe. Women gather, offering ecstatic libations to the sky gods. Argo, science fantasy adventure. It's in turnaround. Can we get the option? Why do we need the option? You're worried about the Ayatollah? Try the WGA. I think Affleck and company kind of did a lot of stunt casting with this, just to kind of fill it with um, character actors that everybody likes, so they don't have to do that much legwork in getting you to like these people. Um... I think the really smart um, American that got out, I can't remember his name. Um, Which one? I think he was really good. He was the one who was always kind of ambivalent towards the idea. Yeah. And he ended up shaking. Oh, He's also in um, in uh, Killing Them Softly. Um, oh, Scoot but Gary. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he did a really good job. And I think he, out of all the other ones, uh, stood out the most for me, um, acting-wise. Where were you born? Halifax, Nova Scotia. Which date of birth? February 21st, 1952. Good. What's your job on the movie? Producer. Associate producer. What's the last movie you produced? Uh, high, high and dry. Who paid for that? CFDC. What's your middle name? What's your middle name? What's your middle name? Leon? Shoot him. He's an American spy. Look, they're going to try to break you, okay? By trying to get you agitated. You have to know your resume back to front. You really believe your little story is going to make a difference when there's a gun to our heads? I think my story is the only thing between you and a gun to your head. Okay. Uh, because Tate Donovan's Tate Donovan and Rory Cochran's always funny, but um, yeah, I think what was his name? Scoot. Scoot Scout? McNeary. Scoot McNeary. Yeah, he was good. Um, and Claire Duvall's Claire Duvall. But uh, and Carrie Bish is you know Carrie from Bish. Scrubs season nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, look, there's that girl from Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's just kind of weird because he kind of has. Some of his regulars, like Titus Welliver, yeah. isn't it, for like two seconds? And then Zelchko Ivanek, isn't it? It's just. And Richard Chuck Kind was in it for like two seconds, and I thought that was a really funny yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very small part. Um, but yeah. You know, something that you brought up, Aaron, I think you've brought this up in the past, is just Brian Cranston seems to do like on off roles. Yeah, so yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah he's, he's kind of. He seems like he's three for one, where every three bad movies he seems to be in, he's in, like, one really good movie. <laughs> You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir. 
What's wrong with the bikes again? We tried to get the message upstairs. You think... You think this is more plausible than teachers? Yes, we do. One, there are no more foreign teachers in Iran. And we think everybody knows Hollywood people. And everybody knows they'd shoot in Stalingrad with Paul Pot directing if it would sell tickets. There are only bad options. It's about finding the best one. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far. And Tell I me like his last bad movie. Total Recall. Tell me his last bad movie. Rock of Ages. Tell me his last... He was in Rock of Ages. <laughs> oh, Red <wow>. Tails. <laughs> to be fair, though, he does play a lot of, like, the, the army brass and, or military brass. he also has Contagion and Drive. I mean, it's... I think that he does a good job in this film, but I don't think it's the greatest role. I mean, it's sort of, it's not the most, it's sort of like a lot of people could have played that, I think. See, we go back to this again, and the fact is, where I come from it is, he did play this role, and he played it well. Like, he he didn't do bad. I'm not saying it's a stand-up performance, but, I mean, just because anyone could play a certain role doesn't mean it's a bad bad move or anything. Like, I I think it works. Like, he, he did a good job. And he's been doing so much meth that, like, you can see all the wrinkles in his face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's get to our rating for Argo, then. Each week on Out Now, we've tried to... IMAX. We try to rate movies based on which you go and see them, and we have a IMAX. scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. Mark, where on that scale would you put this movie? Yeah, I'd say IMAX. I, I think it's it's definitely one of the best of the year and, and well worth seeing. Abe, where would you put this movie on that scale? Yeah, that's crazy. I was actually thinking IMAX, too, um, probably because it's really one of uh, the best movies of the year so far. And, you know, overall, it's it's a great film, just if you're a history buff or anything else. Yeah, I would agree. I would put that right in the, the IMAX just in terms of you should go see this movie because it's really good. Yeah. Alan. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, probably a Thanksgiving at your mother-in-law's house, which she has on in the background. Kind of like a forget about it, right? Yeah, no, um, IMAX, if you can somehow get it, you know, during production, watch it then. But, um, it's good, it's a good movie. I enjoy it very much. All right. Let's get to a movie callback. Oh, wait, Aaron, what do you yeah. think? I said IMAX. Yeah, I okay. So I said, yeah, I was, you know, just pay attention. And did it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still flabbergasted by the fact that you knew the color scheme for Boba Fett. <laughs> and, like, the year it came out. And you probably know what kind of plastic and where they got it from. All I'm saying is Empire Strikes Back came out in the 80s. I know, I know. They, they, they own toy, Boba Fett. Not that hurt. Let's get a movie callback. Callback, callback. <laughs> Each week we try to discuss some movies that also relate to the main feature of the week and that we might have thought of while watching our movie that we are reviewing. So, with that said, Alan, did you have any other movies that came to mind? Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson? Or Flash Gordon. Okay. Gordon, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're Flash Thompson. You're oh, about the, Spider-Man I bully Flash Thompson? Good <laughs> movie! That's crazy! Um, uh, yeah, no, um, only because of Argo, I just kept thinking it was really cheesy and looked like it was a lot of fun. Um, the Siege? Yeah. Just because of the, <laughs> yeah, I know. Just because it has to deal with stuff. Oh, the kingdom. A lot of the kingdom. Uh, the uh, Peter Berg movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a good movie. And I kept thinking about the town because I kept wanting to watch it again. Town. The town. The town. I put this whole town uh, in my rear view. Yeah, and Zodiac because of the time period and kind of how they handled it. And I think that's kind of it. Mark? I can't think of much else. 
part? Uh, I yeah. When I was watching that scene where they were doing the line readings um, to cast for their film, and it looked like it was Ming the Merciless sitting there, I totally yeah. thought of Flash Gordon. Um, even though it was supposed to be like a ripoff of Star Wars, which I guess Flash Gordon kind of was too. But um, the other one, just because of hostages, and I was just thinking of great hostage movies, um, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Totally different films, but as far as like hostages and that kind of thing, I just wanted to call out Die Hard because it's a great film. Hey. Uh, I thought of Third Kings um, and Fall 13. And uh, a little bit of Munich, probably just because of the setting feel uh, and how they were able, to, or Steven Sizzler was able to create, you know, that that old 70s, 80s, um, and all the look and the costume design as well. Yeah, I, uh, I thought it'd be Apollo 13 as well. And it's just because, like, because th- that movie, it's, it was a movie I thought about a lot, actually, during, during the movie. Because it's just, like, it's very... It's about these men trying to figure out a situation. That's what both, yeah. both movies are about, and it doesn't have anything else going on. I mean, it has other things going on, and it saves you know a lot of the big stuff for the you know the last fourth of the movie. But the majority of the movie is about people talking down, talking out a situation on both sides, both like in space and uh, back you know in the U.S. and in this movie in Iran and back in the U.S. and and yeah, it it had that same kind of feel to it. And I yeah, I really enjoy, I really liked Apollo 13 actually a lot. So, but also I thought of Wag the Dog. Uh, which is kind of the the reverse of this movie, where they where uh, Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman fa- make make up a war in order to to um, take attention away from the president or, or keep or keep him kind of popular. And I thought of the last shot. Has anyone seen the last shot? I have not. I haven't. No, Alan, you haven't seen the last shot. I have not. Okay, the last shot is a movie with uh, Alec Baldwin and Matthew Broderick. And that's a movie where Alec Baldwin's an FBI agent, where he 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 plans to make a fake movie, or he plans to he uses the FBI resources to make a fake movie in order to get the um get the mob get the mob in um is it New York or is it, it's like up in New England somewhere get get the mob to kind of to kind of trap the mob based off of um involvement oh, what is it? it's something very specific he's trying to tra- he's trying to use like because the, the mob like owns the unions and so he's trying to get like. Trying to trap the mob based off like having- that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's also based off a very true story. It's <laughs> funny I've never heard of this. There film. we go. Okay, movie director screenwriter finds a man to finance his latest project, but soon discovers that the producer is actually an undercover oh, FBI agent working yeah, on a mob yeah, yeah, sting yeah. operation. And oh my God, Corky Romano! It, no, God no. It's got, uh, it's got a, Tony Collette and huge, Tony Shalhoub in it, too. Yeah, it's got a huge, Ray Liotta. Yeah, Ray Liotta's in it. It's got a huge oh cast. Gosh. It's this really funny movie that like was very little seen. It came out like in 2004, I think. I was like one of the three people in theaters that saw it. And yeah, it's it's a solid movie. And it's very much a comedy as opposed to Argo, but it's, it has very similar things going on in terms of mixing kind of government activity and Hollywood culture into the same thing. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. Boba Fett finally started appearing on Store Pegs in 1979, a year before the release of Empire Strikes Back. The first retail appearance was on SW21 Backcard and featured text on the front image, touting his presence in the upcoming Star Wars sequel. And before that, there was a mail-away figure for him as well. (laughs) So that kid was really into Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) That's the moral of the story. (laughs) Really, really into Star Wars. And it's the same painting. Yeah, no, that movie's way better now. They got the same like color scheme on it. All right, I'll send you the link. 
That makes me like it more, I guess, then. Yeah. <laughs> we can get all that out. I don't care. I just... No, no, that's same. <laughs> that's why you, you docked it half a star, right, Aaron? Yes, because that's the reason. Now, now they're, the half a star is back. <laughs> now you can't decide what you like better than this for Seven Psychopaths. I do remember reading that in your review, Aaron. It's like the consistency within the Boba Fett character is so off that I cannot recommend five out of five it stars. It's three paragraphs. It's <laughs> <laughs> three paragraphs. And, and one of them was about you the You went on a rant. <laughs> a lot on that part. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> go back on these kinds of things. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's uh, get to box office. Each week we try to go over the box office totals for the week and try to find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close. Abe, what did you predict last week? I think I, uh, I think I overshot. I think I said forty-two or something like that. Said forty-one million for a first place. Yeah. States international political drama. Um, Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I was thinking that we were at a summer slump and we'd move back into like uh, it's October thirty-four. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Maxwell predicted twenty-four million in second place. Uh, Brian predicted second place of thirty million. I predicted first of twenty-seven. Um, at first, I thought I was underestimating the power of horror films at the box office because they tend to do well in October. But um, Sinister came in third place with eighteen million. Taken, oh, wow. Taken Two actually took the box office head again. Still. Another $22 million. Argo came in right behind it, though, of $20 million in second place. Um, so... You know the budget on Argo? Uh, it's like 40, 45-ish. Oh, it's not bad. I yeah, know, it's not... It's not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, good for him. <laughs> Argo, yeah, Argo came second place, $20 million. Pretty solid. And that'll, you know, people like it. So that'll, you know, probably give it legs. So it'll probably stick around. Um, Hotel Transylvania, for whatever reason, still making money as well. $17 million. Kevin James following up that with Here Comes the Boom. So he's got back-to-back movies, although Here Comes the Boom is kind of a disappointment, I guess, as far as Kevin James movies goes. What, what place did Here Comes the Boom come in? Fifth. Fifth. Okay. That said, I still kind of want to see that movie. I... Uh, really? Yes, I do. I no desire to see that. It's like a, it's like a MMA version of School of Rock. I don't know why well, that sounds bad. School of Rock is great. But I know, I like School of Rock. That'd be a way to get me to see something, Abe. Like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I was selling it to you. The studios paid me. You, you sold it to me correctly. That's the, that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> uh, Seven, Seven Psychopaths, which has no way of being advertised correctly anyway, it came in in ninth place of $4 million. Uh, And it's it's playing at, like, half the theaters. Yeah, yeah so. it's also playing in what, way less theaters, but... Uh, God, that that deserves to be a. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I just I want that movie to do well. It's just, it won't. It looks great. <laughs> it won't. That cast. I don't know why people just the up. cast is enough. Yep. Well, after Total Recall, I think people are trying to stay away from Colin Farrell. But it's yeah, it's not it's just like him though. Right night, people are trying to stay after Christopher Walken <laughs> and then and uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson. Christopher Walken deserves an Oscar for that movie, by the way. And <laughs> does he? Yes, he does. And yeah, it's, he does. Not, it's not because it's not like because he's like funny. He is funny, but he had there's a lot more to his performance than just like being a Walken character. And oh, I just I love Seven Psychopaths. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Abe, hey, I think we have to. You know, Do we? Yeah, is it that particular time that we have for for some games? It is that time. All right, uh, it's game time. 
and I have devised a game for you guys. It is the return of the character actor game. Now, I am going to basically, I'm going to name three movies from one, okay, so I have a list of all the, like, of many of the character actors that are in Argo, and I am going to name three movies from an actor, and you're going to go ahead and try and guess who that actor is. Alright, let's do this. Milk, Kung Fu Panda 2, Victor Garber, and Titanic. It is Victor Garber. Alan's on board. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Nice, Alan. Some of these are harder than others. Here's the next one. Julie and Julia, Away We Go, Ruby Sparks. Christmasina. Christmasina. Yeah, damn it, yeah. Okay, here's the next one. This one might be easy. Public Enemies, A Scanner Darkly, Dazed and Confused. Rory Cochran. That's the giveaway. Here's the next one. Gone Baby Gone, The Town, Lost. Titus Wolliver. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Alan, Alan is like destroyed. He's already four and zero. Hercules. Murder. It, Which one? Murder. It, the animated Hercules. Okay. Murder at sixteen hundred. Love potion number nine. I snapped Alan. So let's start. John, John Goodman. It is not John Goodman. Okay. Whatever. Uh, a guy from Argo. Thank you. Abe. Wait, is it Tate Donovan? It's Tate Donovan. Damn. Uh, we'll five and zero. No, we won't count that one. I got it wrong the first time, but you guys didn't get it right. So. Still bombing. Yeah, you're still just like. Okay. The faculty. Gang buddies. I played the ball. Yeah, I played the ball. Josh. Here we go. <laughs> the Rocketeer, Gattaca, Edward Scissorhands. Alan Arkin. Mark, Alan Arkin. where are you on that one? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hoven. I was giving you a chance. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, Contagion, Drive. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Oh my God, you guys! <laughs> let let Alan steal this one. Yeah, here we go. Well, we're not gonna. We're, we're feeling generous, right, Mark? We're feeling very generous. <laughs> if we're unless you're doing fifty, I think he's one. Well, here's the last one. Okay. Yeah, so we get all of them. Wait. This one takes it all. The day the earth stood still. King Kong. The King. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Yeah, Chandler. Damn it. Damn it. That one was going to ten, so he wins. Oh my god. Mark with a come from behind victory. Bullshit. Kyle Chandler always wins. Don't worry. I I give it to Adam. He, he I mean, yeah. that's the winner. All right. Okay. We've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to squeeze in another game. Let's do the ABCs of movies real quick. Oh, he's a game. <laughs> all right, we all know the rules of this game. It's the ABCs of movies, so I'm just going to say the order now. Aaron, Abe, Alan, Mark. Ready? Good? Yeah? Going? Yeah? Good? Yeah, go. Alien. Uh, brave. Clear and present danger. Uh, dark victory. Enigma. Fast five. Ghostbusters. Hugo. I uh, Igby goes down. Uh, Jumanji. California. <laughs> Looper. Men in Black Three. Night of the Living Dead. It's open uh, range. Dead, you're out, Abe. Oh, the oh, my bad. Oh. oh. Open range. 
Uh, I can't think of anything. Pulp Fiction. Wait, is Abe out? Yeah, Abe's out. Oh, the, uh, God, um, Michael <laughs> Um, Return of the Living Dead. Um, Starman. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Terminator. <laughs> Terminator, uh, uh, Underworld. Waterworld. No, no, V, damn it, no. Uh, <laughs> get on. I mean, I win. Yeah, you win. Yes. I finally won the ABC's movie. Finally won, yeah. <laughs> finally won. You and Mark won. Yeah. You didn't win the, the challenge before, but you won this one. Not, not the one, you know, I just completely swamped everybody. You and Mark yeah. won, won a game this week. You should both be our guests won a game. <laughs> Let's talk about next week. Um, next week, we're going to do a double episode. We're going to talk about Sinister and Paranormal Activity 4, because why not have a nice horror-themed episode? And um, so with that said, let's go over Paranormal Activity um, what we think that's going to make next weekend. Paranormal Activity, uh, previously, those movies tend to make quite a bit. Um, first one doesn't count because it came out staggered, but Paranormal Activity 2 made $40 million. Paranormal Activity 3 made $52 million. Alan Aguilera, what do you think Paranormal Activity 4 is going to make? I think it's going to do a little bit less. Um, maybe 48. 48? Mark? I'll say 40. Abe? Aaron? I'll say 46. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, God, um, I'm, g- I'm going to say 42. Ooh. Sneak right in the Ooh. middle of you guys. We'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, so From what I hear, it's fantastic. I hear different things to different people. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I like the paranormal. I like the mythology. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hear in this one they have some found footage of a ghost and they investigate. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like it's going to work. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Sounds like a hard sell. We'll see, I don't know. We'll see what happens next week with Paranormal Activity 4, but until that time, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com. We can find all my written movie reviews as well as at ysoblue.com. My Blue Air reviews. You can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron'sPS3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmiths.com or twitter.com slash walrusmiths. Alan? Uh, you can find me on the VHS diaries when I decide to, you know, update. Or you can go to P.O. Chang's Burbank and then mention this podcast to me specifically and I'll give you a free lettuce yeah. wrap. What? Oh, oh, what? Got, but don't tell the other managers or the staff because they won't know anything you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and my days are off for Thursday and Friday. What? Just pimping yourself out. I don't care. I need money. Okay. It's, so, it's slow. Money it's slow. You give yourself, you give, give away free lettuce wraps. I like that. I hope they don't hear this. Take money to make money, right? Uh, Mark, yeah. Mark Oven. Uh, you can read my movie reviews at fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com, where I just posted my review of Argo as we were speaking. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Awesome. Okay. You can also find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, of course. All the episodes are there, as well as at hhwlod.com, where you can find all of our other shows that are hosted by that network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast and Legion of Dudes, just a bunch of other fun shows about comics and games and fun stuff with those cool guys over there. Outnow.podomatic.com, most of the newest episodes and some exclusives. Our YouTube page, it's just, you know, find Out Now Podcast YouTube page, and we'll have the 
stuff there. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us, enter our contest, send us some questions. We like answering questions. Questions are fun. Helps out the show. You know, it's nice to have feedback from listeners. Uh, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow and like those pages, and we have all the updates and what have you on those pages. So, you know, feel free to check those out and be a fan. Thanks, guys, for coming on today. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. For sure. Always a pleasure. And, um, yeah, until next time, so long. And goodbye. The idea of having an unknown actor as Jackie Robinson is fine with me, just because you know, probably better, yeah, yeah. than you know having like Denzel Washington's playing. I mean, well, he's, he'd be too old, but, I mean, but you know, you're having yeah. like a huge recognizable star in like some kind of inevitable role that he would probably Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow.